Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Welcome to the Your Photography Mentor Podcast, episode 30-something. I have no idea, but that's okay. That is how Rich Coleman rolls. I'm Rich Coleman, a photography mentor, which is hilarious because of my guest today. I, I grew up and live on this little teeny strip of land called the Outer Banks. It's like the, as far east as you can go in North Carolina. And there's something in the water here because there are a bunch of great photographers. And today I'm excited because one of my friends slash person I look up to, she'll hate that I said that, but one of the best storytellers I know is on, and that is my friend, Kirsten Lewis. Hello. You're over there today. Oh, hi. Wait, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. I'm really excited. I, I apologize in advance for not telling you this was going to be on video, but you're welcome and thank God you look good. So you're doing better than I, me. No, I swear to God. I was like, this is just going to be audio. Like it won't matter. I haven't showered. Right. Like yeah. I still have sleep pants on. Thank Ooh, God. I prove have, it. Like, prove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, how, how old is your kid now? Like that's something I just I thought of. How old are you now? <laughs> no, no. I'm inappropriate, but not that inappropriate, I promise. Most times. Um, my daughter is uh, just nearing four and a half. Nice. I literally just posted yesterday, last night, on Facebook that I need serious counseling and help because she's reaching full maximum capacity of the meltdown stage. mm, mm. And I mean, I have a child psych degree. I was a teacher. I've been photographing specifically families for 10 years. And I, I'm, I'm just feeling completely overwhelmed and overpowered. And when it's your own blood, you like love them more and, and hate them more all at the same time. <laughs> and I tell you what, my daughter's so much worse than my son. My son told me yesterday completely unsolicited. He said, we're snuggling in his bed. It's his favorite thing to do. He pulls me in his bed and just snuggles me and lays there, which my daughter never did. And he looks at me and he says, dad, I love snuggling you more than Christmas presents. And I was like, bro, you can have whatever you want for Christmas. I'm buying you anything. (laughs) But my daughter at four, he's four too. So our our young, my youngest is about birdie's age, but my eight year old and my wife fight every day to where like when she's a teenager, I'm just going to move out. Like that sounds like yeah. a great time to get a divorce because <laughs> I'm the husband as, and as much as like men like to pretend like it's equal. No women, women rule the world and women run the kids and that's just how yeah. life is. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a challenge. I love her to death, like to the moon and beyond. We talk about that all the time, but she's my biggest challenge in life as well. I swear she's half, human but half the antichrist and when the antichrist comes out everyone just wants to run and hide like i so anyways that's a really uh, long-winded answer to say she's four and a half she's four and a half yeah so marty marty's four he was four in august so man that's just crazy like in my mind i guess maybe the only time i've ever actually seen her she was like a baby baby yeah i know so man time flies yeah which is all the more reason why I do what I do, right? Because which they, is what? Wait, what do you do? Who who are you? I'm I'm actually gonna pull up. Um, I have like some galleries, some of your website stuff. I'm going to. I'm gonna pull a off. total student thing and be like, oh, my website is so old, and like all my work, all my new work is different, right? I mean, it's still the same. It's still within the same, um, house. It's just elevated floors now. No, no, so, I get it. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on your best of gallery. And I'm just going to kind of just talk about who you are because people know who, who dumb Rich Coleman is and who David Monar is. But this girl right here next to me is one of the best creative storytellers to like where when I look at her work, it makes me feel 
bad. Like I look at your work and I'm like, oh, I suck. And I tell you what, because me and you live in the same place where we used to. And me and you think a lot alike. Like you have the courage to say, give white and khaki the finger where yeah. I just bite through it and cry in my, like cry myself to sleep and rock at night. You know, that's just fear, Rich. You're biting through it. Now I'm going to mentor you. I feel like you're just biting through it because you're fe- the fear of losing business if you don't offer that. Would that be mm. correct? Yeah. I mean, I have taken a major backseat to shooting, but yeah. when I do do it, like I have on my website, like don't wear white and khaki or black and navy because you'll look dumb. Like I have it, like I say it really like funny. Like if you want to <laughs> look like crap, please wear that. Like that's kind of how. But your yours what was that? That was you, right? Giving white and khaki yeah, the finger. White, that was a talk I did once. Give white and khaki the finger. Um, so okay, so I'm my name is Kirsten Lewis Bethman. Uh, my business name is Kirsten Lewis. Mary name is Bethman. I um, am a photographer. I really don't even like saying anything more exclusive than that. I'm a photographer, but I specialize in documentary photography, specifically with my career, um, how I make my income. It's I created a commercial business for documentary photography, focusing on families. So when I met you, Rich, I was doing, you know, those hourly beach portraits mm. that can Not be soul sucking. Yeah. Yeah. The soul sucking God awful. But I, I just decided I wasn't going to do the soul sucking stuff. So I said, listen, for my session, my sessions on the beach, it's 10 minutes of portraiture. Everything else is playing on the beach. Do not wear white and khaki. Do not match your family. Just come and have a good time and show me what what that experience is like with your family. That evolved into longer sessions on the beach, which then evolved into full day and multi-day sessions where I just spend time embedding myself in a family. Have I lost you? No, no, you're like you're frozen. Okay. I got you. I was just Um, I'm flicking I'm flicking I'm flicking through your website. So if it looks like I'm not paying attention to you, I I am not. Okay, so that we missed. So yeah, so then that transitioned into in-home full-day sessions. And that's what I do now. Um, And I'm hired for anywhere between one and three days, generally. Um, From vacation sessions to normal day day sessions, I've gone to school with kids, I've gone to camp with kids. I've done holidays with families. Um, Pretty much anything goes. So, And now I'm evolving in another direction, which is quite interesting. So um, not that I'm giving up these sessions altogether, but uh, I'm now evolving into uh, basically documentary rooted advertising content. So okay. I have companies hiring me to basically do what I do, but for advertising purposes, whether I'm a work for hire or they outright purchase images I've already made, or they hire me to make specific images, that's kind of the direction I'm going now. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. Like, how did, like, so how did you? For people listening that are that think you have to do, I call it grandma photography. Take that grandma photography pictures where it's just like, you know, like how did you break free from that? Was it like a conscious decision you made to like, no, I don't want to do that because it makes me feel bad, and I'm gonna find people that'll pay me to do what sets my soul on fire. Like, what? Where was the connection for you and how you were able to do that? So my root, my roots are in editorial photography. Okay. I was I was an editorial photographer first. I worked for a magazine as a contract photographer for seven years, Richmond Magazine in Richmond, Virginia. So that that's where I started. And before that, I worked for Chew on This. So I was the main photographer for Chew on This. And then the um, my editor there left and got a job as one of the main photography editors at, Mag- at Richmond Magazine. And I just went with him. And then I um, I worked uh, as a contract photographer there. So I just loved like real life storytelling. That was what my preference was. I was doing wedding photography pretty much the same way. And I was like, why can't I do this for family photography? It doesn't make any sense why I can't. Cause I don't, I, it came from not even a place of this makes me feel bad. This makes me feel uncomfortable. I just am not good at that kind of portraiture. I just don't think that I am. And I don't like sitting for that kind of portraiture. And I don't like that kind of portraiture being made of me and my family, right? 
even the portraiture I do is very relaxed and there's a lot of guiding on my part in terms of still getting real moments within the portrait aspect of a session that I might do. Within my day in the life sessions, I don't do any portraiture, but um, I still will do one hour and two hour sessions and it's still structured the exact same way. So it was a selfish thing. It was, I, not that it makes me feel bad, but I don't want to do this. And everything in my business, all of my business, creative marketing, how I approach sales, all of it is based on what works for me. Hmm. Oh no, did I lose you again? I, I'm still here. Okay, you're still there. You keep freezing a little bit. That's maybe that's like um, the sign. Maybe so, that's like the sign that we're about to go out again. But uh, we'll just we'll just pretend like everything is working great. Okay. Um, so yeah, for me it was what works for me, what do I like to do and what I don't like to do. And I'm only gonna do what I, I like to do. And because you know, at the beach in the Outer Banks, I don't know how many there are now. When I started, there was like 70 of us shooting there's on the more. beach. There's like, more more now. Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about it's what like thirty miles total of like that. On a thirty mile <laughs> on a thirty mile island, there's like a hundred plus full time working yeah. photographers. So it was really easy for me to stand out and just show only real life moments on the beach when everybody else offering beach portrait sessions were very traditional white and khaki. It was very easy for me to stand out. So I wasn't competing with anybody else. I was just competing with myself. It was, I was the alternative. And I think that's why I did so well at the beach is because there was no competition. I was the only See, one how, doing how long ago was that? I'm like trying to place like, I know we've so done I, some wedding shows before. Yep. I left. I, I left. I've been in Denver for seven years. So I left seven years ago and I was there for seven years. So I started 14 years ago. Coming okay. up on that's yeah. about when that's about when I started down here, I think, I guess, too. Yeah. And I was so green from college, knowing nothing. I was like, yeah. and I just remember all the uh, like um, old legends, we'll call them, just hated me because I was new. They literally <laughs> were like, I hate you because you're new and you're taking my money. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I just want to, can we be friends? Remembered when you, uh, when you first started, the old legends were, had hated their- me ruffled because you were new and that happened that was happening with me too and you and i were the ones i just kept reaching out to everyone going i want to hang out and create a community and a lot of people were like no no no, i don't want to do that but you were open to it and then i could get i got a couple more people open to it and then we yeah. started to like hang and then i left when that momentum really like started and then you continued it with the coffee group right yeah so i started that too so that was um Man, my daughter's eight, so nine years ago, hmm. maybe she's nine. I don't know how old my kids are. Like I was so, I, like my daughter was due in June, so mm -hmm. I was panicked, and I wanted to like have backup in case, like, you know, I don't want to miss my child's birth because I have fifty weddings because I'm an idiot yeah. and I shot fifty weddings a year back then. But I wanted to have like, hey, but hey, like you know, Mary Bass Knight can do it, or you know, Whitney Norco, or. Genevieve Stewart or Ryan Moser, like all these amazing photographers. So I'm happy that we were together enough to get like this ship going, which is, which is good. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Again, I apologize for all the tech issues, but before anybody leaves, I, I put up her Instagram handle on the live. Everybody go give this girl some love on Instagram. But uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, if that's okay. Yeah, I'm here. Let's do it. What can you describe the difference between your style slash documentary photography? Consider it like compared to that stiff, boring grandma photography, I called it. Um, I don't really like to use it as use that word style. First of all, I like okay. um, I like just saying my approach. Right. Mm hmm. I think the big difference is that grandma style, as you like to, that, that term you've coined, um, that'll show you what the people looked like when the pictures were made. Um, the pictures I make show you what it felt like, what show you, it's evidence of your relationships with the people that you love and care about. Um, my pictures, can make have the potential to make outsiders 
have an emotional reaction to the picture, mm. despite not knowing or being connected to those in the photograph versus the your traditional portraits of of families feel a bit contrived and only showcasing what you consider to be the best or the the most perfect version version of yourself yeah man, man, to echo that so you know the one thing i do every time i show up to a wedding I try to find a picture of what they actually look like. Because mm -hmm. a bride with a white dress on and her hair in a French twist, like, man, I hate to say it, but 80% of the time, like, I like the way they look better in yeah. normal clothes, like in regular, clo in regular hair, like normal makeup. Like, how often mm -hmm. does that girl have her hair all the way up in her life? Probably right. four times, like that, or a right. gala. That's why I think it's important for a wedding that you arrive early and stay late if you want to get those kinds of pictures. Right. Yeah. I, I get I, yeah. like, I, I'll honestly too, like I've, I've been married 12 years, happily married for four. Um, we don't have <laughs> this. We have like maybe one wedding picture hanging up. The rest is like us. Like I like the way I look better in a black V neck than a mm -hmm. tux. You know what I mean? When I couldn't really grow facial hair and have a fake man beard, you know, like, I, th I feel like the picture that you're going to put up behind your sofa that if you can take a picture as a photographer, you can take a picture of somebody that lasts more than that first year of marriage or that lasts past a season, like you've done a good job. Like at that point, you're an artist. You're not just this stills taker. And I feel like that's the challenge that I give myself. And I feel like every picture of yours that you take that I see, it's like, yep, that's not a snapshot because you're like thinking through, like you can tell you're very intentional about what you're shooting. You're not just spraying and praying as digital photographers do. You're thinking about what's on the other end. You know, how, how's oh. it going to feel to look at this? Cause that's one thing that me and David have a hard time teaching is teaching people to see like a photographer. Like, yeah, I can teach you the settings. I can teach you to make sure something's not overexposed, underexposed. I can even teach you, you know, composition. But it's hard to teach you to see through moments so that you can take a picture that evokes emotion or like gets you what your mind wants. And that's why photography is art. Okay. So, yeah. So, this can lead into an interesting conversation. So, um, I don't photograph other people for anybody else but myself. Mm. And I think that's another distinction between traditional portraiture where your client is the main priority in in terms of the motivation to release the shutter versus when I release the shutter it's purely for me mm. with the confidence of knowing that I'm going to make my clients really happy with the pictures I'm making I selfishly shoot anything and everything that I find interesting now, that doesn't mean that I'm not taking into consideration everything about their relationships and what's unique, but I'm allowing myself, I'm giving myself permission to allow my instincts, my gut, my experience with them to inform what pictures I'm going to make for them. Mm. There's a huge difference. So I have this funny story. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with this, talking about this live or not, but we'll just see Let's how just hope they don't watch it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's why I can talk about my wife. My wife's my wife has never seen me live, so we're good. Like we're good. No, 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 it's not that. It's not that. We'll see. You'll know what I'm talking about in a second. <laughs> so I used to teach with uh uh for I was very fortunate that I was invited to teach at the foundation workshops for many years. Mm -hmm. For like six six years, I think I was on staff. And it's a photojournalism workshop geared towards wedding photographers. You never talk about wedding photography at the com um, at the workshop. It's all assignment-based shooting. And I was working with um, Sergio, who was one of the instructors there. It was, it was the last year that we ran foundation as of now. And it was the first time I'd ever team taught with him. It's funny because I was like, what does everyone think is so great about Sergio? I mean, he's great, but like, hmm. he's like, the Mecca. And then I worked for them and I was like, he's a genius, right? Like it was, it was very clear why he was one of the very best instructors by experiencing him. 
experiencing teaching with him. And I was trying to vocalize um, to the students, I, I want you to shoot what you find interesting. Like stop and take the time to observe what's happening in front of you before you just start pressing down the shutter. Stop, take it in, digest what you're seeing and ask yourself what you find interesting. And Sergio goes, he's Mexican. He has a kind of a thick, romantic, alluring accent. And he was like, how do you know what you find interesting, Kirsten? And I was like, what do you mean? I just know. And he's like, no, think, Kirsten, think. And I really started to think about it. He's like, what happens to your body when you, when you find something interesting? And I thought about it. I said, my vagina gets excited. And he was like, what? Yes. And what, what we meant by that was I'm not aroused, but I started to notice that my body has a reaction like when I see someone that I find exciting, when my body intrinsically is attracted to somebody, something very in the core, in the gut, gets like a flutter or tingle, a tingle. The tingles. Yeah. Tingle, right? And that that is my body's way of physically telling me this is something that you're finding interesting. So <laughs> teaching in the last couple of years, I've told people shoot with your vagina and guys you can shoot with your vagina too it might not be that that response but if you can start to recognize in your body when you see something that sparks interest whether you're going to photograph it or not it will tell you um i've asked friends like what like happened like really good photographers like what happens to you um someone noticed that they hold their breath Someone else noticed that they almost get like butterflies. Another one noticed that they um, they tighten up their toes when they find something interesting. Apparently, I also will let out a sound, um, especially if it's funny to me. I'm like, <laughs> like I make that noise. <laughs> These are all phys physical responses to your environment. So if you, this is like a really good piece of advice. If you can slow down, and you can practice this whether you have a camera in your hand or not. And you can start to connect with when you are seeing something that's interesting. You can start allowing that to guide you finding your photos mm. to start build them from there. And I think I just had another realization. I think that's why so many women love taking pictures of me because they get that oh, same that same right. feeling of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so when my wife, we, I love my wife. She only worked for me for a year, and then we realized we'd rather stay happily married than work I together. Yes. And when I was killing a shot, I'd be like, mm, mm. and I would say that, and she's like, babe, you cannot, like, I, it sounds disgusting over there while you're taking these pictures, but it's almost like, like the feeling that tingles, like when I've taken an amazing shot, and it doesn't happen as much as I love it to, like when I take an amazing shot and know it, and my self-doubt's out of my own way. It's like somebody just landed a, a trick on a skateboard and I'm like, whoa, sick. It's like, like hands up. Like I couldn't yeah. be more pumped. Um, yeah. And that stoke factor is so huge for photos. The fact that you're like listening to your body to do yeah. that. It's, it's super cool. Like I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm shooting. I shoot very intrinsically. I let that guide me first and then incredibly – um, intentionally in terms of once I identify this is what I find interesting, then I ask myself, I don't physically have to do it anymore, but for a long time I had to say, okay, this is what you find interesting. Why? And how are you going to, how are you going to make a picture that, uh, communicates that to the viewer? Right? Mm. So all of that is with very clear intention, the way that I use the light, the way that I fill the frame, what I'm waiting for before I press down the shutter, all of that has to do with what I want to communicate based on what I find interesting. Mm. I love that. And you know, um, Nick McClain, do you remember Nick? I love Nick. Yes. Nick, Nick told me, um, uh, every time I, like, I don't hang out with him a whole lot, but when we do, it's like always the most redonkulous story. Like I'm either hunting a bear with him with some guys from a concert yes. or like, it's it just like all my situations with Nick, but, um, he says something all the time that really stuck with me. He says, sometimes you just have to, put your camera down and take it in too. Like, yes. 
If you're so upset, so obsessed with shooting that sunset again for the 1900th time and nobody cares about your Instagram profile pic, like, but if you're so worried about that, you'll miss like taking it in for yourself and mm -hmm. your photography, your work like speaks to, you know, taking it in for your clients, but also yourself. So that's like a really cool parallel. That's fun to watch and fun to watch your work too. I've, I've really started to inject mood as well into my work more so now, uh, which is exciting. I'm getting ready to release my new website. I've been saying this for months, but it's actually almost ready. And I have not been very good about sharing my work over the years, my newer stuff. Occasionally I share more uh, pictures that I make of my own family. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of exciting to share a little bit of a shift in my work. It's still saturated with good moments um, and, and rich connection, but I'm also playing more in the field with uh, creating wall worthy art uh, for my clients and for myself, as well as those really fun moments that would go in an album. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I'm excited to share that work so that people can see that mood can also play a huge part should play a huge part in the work that you make if you want to to go in that direction. That's awesome. I, I'm going to ask you some technical questions. Number one, out of curiosity. Number two, because people are feeding me questions. Yep. So if you're there for 24 or 72 hours. Yes. Like how much are you shooting? Like, is there like, I mean, I know there's like, how many pictures do you take? That's not like roughly. Well, while I sleep. Well, here's the thing. Kids, they apparently live on all the adrenaline that the rest of us parents um, lose once we give birth to children or adopt children or take them in or however you become a family, <laughs> parents just like are depleted of all their energy. And I swear to God, it's because children suck that energy into their body so they can stay awake for 16 hours at a time, <laughs> right? So if I'm with a family technically for 24 hours, let's just say that. Um, and then you multiply it by two or three or four, how, how many days my average shoot time, like from when I start the day to end the day is around 14 hours because kids don't sleep. They apparently don't need to sleep. Some have gone as long as 16 or 17 hours. Uh, I ended up in an emergency room once and that was a really late night. And some, the kids actually do, uh, teenagers, especially their average wake time is about nine hours. So if I have, um, if I have a teenage shoot that that time is less of the time I'm shooting or like I have a camera in my hand or I start the day and end the day I'm shooting about 50%. That's the other thing is in this, the, in this approach, especially with me shooting selfishly, I'm only photographing what I think is going to make a good photo. I'm not there to photograph every moment of every day. That's not what I feel my job is in terms of providing really strong photos for them. And that when I'm talking to them, when I'm interacting with them, when I'm having meals with them, when we're laughing and engaging in conversation, that's actually just as equally as important as me pressing down a shutter. Because all of that is me learning about the family in a very organic, natural way so that I can truly make photos that represent how each person is unique to that, that unit of family. It also builds trust. I can make a lot more photos at the end of the day than I can the beginning by getting access. And that's built by trust. And I build that trust through honest, genuine connection. And that can only happen if I'm interacting with the family throughout the day. Mm, I love it. There's, I guarantee you have to have some amazing stories just from dealing with people. Like you should write a book and be like, I, I've changed all the names to protect the identities just because like, I have no, so many, I have so many dumb, funny wedding stories. Just because I'm documenting chaos. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. like, if I think about my family, I'm like, yeah, like number one, the first like two hours, my kids would be trying to impress you because you're there. Not kids. It's not the kids. It's the parents. The parents the are like, let me sweep. Room. Let me look at me sweep and clean my floor. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Like, that mind. only lasts for about two hours. And because the kids just are going to continue to be kids. So eventually the parents have to go back to disciplining. They have to go back to structure. They have to go back to um, expressing overwhelm or frustration. And that's where I get, that's where I make real photos, right? That like 
there are so many photos of me rolling my eyes and blowing air out of my mouth from, cause we hired day in the life photographer two times a year, especially right now because Bernie's changing so much and I have no problem showing exactly how I feel in life. And so I'm not for the camera at all. Um, that's awesome. And that's I, good too. And that, that, that gets you to the point quicker. Like that's, I, I mean, that's why I'm probably drawn to you naturally because of that. Like people think I'm funny and stupid, but I'm funny and stupid all the time. Like how I treat you and David is how I would treat like some pastor I've never met. Like what you see is what you get and not everybody can handle that. And that's okay. Like it took me until I was 30 to realize that, but same. not everybody's supposed to be in your life or not everybody's supposed to be in your life forever like you go through seasons of time and change and friendships and that's important to you as a person and that's that's why i like you You're, you are exactly what i want and expect and uh, like crystal um one of the girls that works for us is a super fan so like when we were talking about like you i was like oh yeah i can have her on i'll just text her she was like oh my god <laughs> you know her and i was like yeah like she's from here and i was like so anyway, let's talk about that for a minute. Famous photographers, because you are, whether you like it or not, a famous photographer. And I think that's because you put it all out there in your work. And like people see authenticity, like people can tell, like they, like people have great BS meters. And I feel like that's why, you know, a lot of photographers are relevant for four years and they kind of die out. Mm-hmm. It's because it's fake. Like, when somebody's on and then off, I mean, I, I can see it. And I'm like, I hate that guy and I don't even know him, you know? So you're my <laughs> well, favorite. You're my favorite famous photographer. And I'll never forget the moment I sat at WPPI in the second row and just watched you do your thing. Oh, you're the sweetest. Um, I can promise you there's plenty of people out there that have that thought about me. <laughs> I don't like something. <laughs> and it's taken me 43 years to finally be like, you know what? That's okay. Like yeah. if, if they don't like me because I am who I am, I, I can't change that. But I really am the same, whether I'm with my friends, my family, my clients. Um, I've always tried to remain as approachable as absolutely possible to anybody that wants to talk to me or look up to me, which I think is kind of, I don't know that I, I've said this from day one, I'm not really built for the being put on a pedestal thing. I just want to be friends with everyone. Like, and honestly, I want to be liked by everyone. That's part of being a seven, like in the Enneagram. Um, We just did that. That's what what Jeremy was on about. I can't wait to hear it. Like I saw that you did photography in the Enneagram. He's he's a four if you couldn't tell. But me, so funny thing is that like we did like a whole Enneagram series and David is a seven, eight for sure. Seven wing eight, seven wing eight, seven wing eight. Set, I'm a seven wing eight. Yes. I thought I was too. And then I read the, ro- the book, The Road Back to You, um, which is a really good book. Um, and I think I'm an eight wing seven now. Like my whole like mind is oh, changing. Cool. I'm like, wait a second. Because I, I'll, sco- I'll score differently every time I take it. And so interesting. I have been consistently, consistently a seven, two, three. The last three or four times I've done it. It's always yeah. seven, two. With the seven wing eight. So, yeah, um, but those are my top three numbers and I see it in everything that I do. Uh, all of my drivers. Did you guys talk? Cause I didn't hear it. Did you talk about what, what actually, motivations, what, what informs your number for the seven, like for the seven wing eight, most seven wing eights, they had a lack of affection as a kid. Like it's really fascinating. And I did not know that for years. And then I just recently heard that and I was like, Oh my God, no wonder. Make, seven every, everything makes sense. Well, the, yeah. the, the funny thing about the book is it's like one of the ladies is uh, like one of the guys is like a, like a pastor. who's not a pastor anymore. So there's like a lot of that, but he also like went like into the monk stuff. Like he, he kind of explored all religions through it. Cause it's just personality type it. And he explains it as a mask you wear to like mm-hmm. deal with insecurities and things. So it, it's, 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 yeah, it's coping. It's all how you yeah. cope. Um, and it's funny cause like on the team, like we talk about it all the time cause everybody was from Nashville and that's kind of like where it popped up again. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. The more I like, the more I read into it, I can just always find something or like last night I was listening to it and Kristen, not Kirsten, Kristen on our team, there's Kristen, Crystal, Christy. There's so many K names in my life right now. 
uh, she's a, a nine one. And like, as I'm listening to it, I'm, I like, I'm like sending it to her. I'm like, this is you like read, <laughs> read the book at 48 minutes in because I listen to audible. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's so cool that that's you. And that's why I like you. Cause you're just, you're just like this cool chick. That's like, you have like this, like badass streak in you a little bit, you know? And it's, it's funny. Cause I was intimidated. I st- I'm still intimidated by you. Um, like, cause here's the thing right down the street from me is freaking David Allen Harvey and, and you and, you know, all these great photographers. And that's like one thing I want to tell people to do here is find somebody you look up to, like, don't look over your shoulder at your competition, Mm -hmm. find somebody to look up to and that can help you grow like authentically because that's going to make you a better artist. And if you surround yourself by people that make you feel better and make you better, like, it's just, that's what you do. Like, that's what you should be striving to do as an artist. Um, but yeah. Rich, you should not feel intimidated by me at all. But like, it's like insanity. But all, all you'd have to do is come do a full day in my life. And then you'd be like, oh yeah, no, there's no reason to be intimidated by yeah. her. No, well, I, I can't, it's, it's, it's been there since I was a child. So yeah, I, I will always look up to you as one of the greats. Cause you are one of the greats. And I, I do not apologize for that. You are this, that you're the kindest. I would, you know, we could go back and forth and I'd argue that, but there are incredible photographers on the beach. There's also Chris Bickford is down oh, yeah. there. Dude, back- can I tell you my pick Bickford story? So David Allen Harvey's son was getting married. Yep. And Michelle messaged me and said, Hey, I'm worried. And she's, she said, David Allen Harvey's shooting it, but I'm worried he won't take any pictures of details that I care about. So will you come shoot pictures? So I show up with a camera and a 50 freaking David Allen Harvey's there shooting. Chris Bickford's there shooting. Julie Dreeland's there. There's like nine world-class photographers. And I'm like, oh man, talk about insecurity overload, man. I was like, and they're like looking at me like, what the freak are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm just, she wanted a picture of the cake, you know? So it was like really funny and it was raining. And then like, I, I saw myself almost shooting like Dave, you know, David's just because he was there and like, I was worried that he was going to see the photos. Oh my gosh. But yeah, talk, you know, it was just like one of those moments, like it's probably six years ago, like whenever they got married and I was just like, I remember like sending pictures to Moser, like terrified to like, look what I had to shoot with. Oh, um, Michelle is one of my favorite people in the whole world. She's yeah. fantastic. And because of COVID, I really didn't end up seeing anyone because, you know, we were just at the beach. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I adore her. And Daniel Pullum, he's there yeah. too. Uh, you, uh, there, there's so many good photographers down there. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting how like we all congregate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool. It's, yeah. it's so fun. Like Daniel, man, Daniel's been so fun to watch. Like he's just changed and grown a lot too. Like he's like a, like it's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's next level too. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to be old enough to be like, I remember Daniel and all he took was like that, you know, picture. And now it's like this awesome storytelling, whether he's taking pictures of like the overwash or a commercial shoot for fishermen, like his work inspires me too. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. So find these people that inspire you and learn from them, whether that's me or David or this, this beauty right here that can just teach you anything you want to know. Um, gear wise, we have a lot of gear questions coming in. So how much yep. gear do you take with you? In a Very minimal. Okay. I'm a super minimal. <laughs> She's like an iPhone. I'm laughing because, well, that's interesting. You get an iPhone, but I'm laughing because, um, Chantel Lowry, uh, she's a former student of mine, beautiful photographer. I've hired her to do my day in the life before, or we've traded rather. Um, and I remember when I showed up to her day in the life, I can't remember. I think it was before I mentored her or maybe it was in the middle. It was in Miami. I show up. And so I travel with a think bag, a think tank bag, uh, like a roller. Mm-hmm. but I don't really need all that gear when I'm at a shoot. So I'm Sony. I switched to Sony. I was Nikon for 17 years. I did Fuji for one year and I just, the XT2 at the time, I loved it, but it was just too slow in the end and low light. I kept getting waxy skin tones. And because of what I do, I really need something that can handle that low light a bit better. So I switched to Sony. So I have a Sony A9 and a Sony A7R3. Mm-hmm. I shoot with a 35 millimeter on my A9. I shoot with a 70 to 300 on my 
A87R3. I used to do it a 70 to 200, always. I always had that in my bag, but one of, I have a lot of personal projects and one of the long-term projects is I've been working on a girls baseball, all girls baseball league based in DC. And I needed the longer lens. So that's why if it, people are wondering why it's so long, it's because I had to upgrade to that for that coverage. I travel with a GoPro um, for anything in the water. And I started using a drone. That's awesome. And that's are you liking, it. Are you liking the drone? I am, but I'm still learning how to actually use it, not to be, ooh, it's a drone photo, and to yeah. really use it for to elevate particular storytelling photos. So. I'm still figuring that out. It's really um, hard I'm, not to look at the loud beehive as it flies at eight feet. Yeah. Bzz, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was photographing a day in life last year and I went to a kid's Little League game and I was like, all right, I'm going to pull out the drone. And in the middle of the game, you just see every all the kids and the parents going like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Like, yeah. It's so funny, like when a, um, somebody that doesn't do weddings brings one to it and then they start to film the reception or the rehe- uh, the ceremony and it's just like, you can see everybody in the picture just kind of look up into the right or like tracking it, like no longer paying attention to the wedding going on. It, it, they are quite loud. Um, yeah. I've, I've been a drone guy for years just because I'm a tech nerd and yeah. I love it. But uh, yeah, man, that I have the Mavic Pro 2 and I love that thing. That's what I have, the Mavic man, Pro 2. That's the only drone I've ever had where like the camera quality was okay enough for me to like. Yeah, it's call pretty it. beautiful. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, it says Hasselblad and at first I thought that was a joke, but it, it, it's a pretty good little camera. So I, I, that's my gear. But I didn't have the drone when I went to Chantal's and I have done this more times than I can count. There's probably clients that would see this and be like, yep, that's true. Hmm. I don't even. I try and travel so light cause I have to travel for all my work. So I'll keep the bag in the hotel or if I'm staying with them, like in my room. And then I just will grab a like grocery plastic bag to keep my stuff. That's so my- awesome. That's the cover of your book. Chantal's like, you get $6,500 for a shoot and you just have your a food line bag in a food line plastic bag. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I'm not fancy. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not a matter of like being like um like showing off with what gear I have. Like I just yeah. feel confident with the gear. I don't need to show off at all. So yeah, that's well, what I I, I, I once sat down with David Allen Harvey at like at on a fireplace and we were it was on my other podcast and I was like, you know, if you like a question we ask if you had to leave your house with one camera and lens, and the man looks right at me and says, I like my iPhone 4S, and then he goes and grabs a book. And he's like, that's what all this was shot with. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, man. A poor, my friend Ryan Moser says, a poor craftsman blames his tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, it couldn't be any more true. Like, you give somebody like you an iPhone and it's going to be, you know, better than somebody with that, you know, Sony, mm-hmm. even the AS that can shoot in pitch black. You know, it, it's fun to watch the story come out because you're thinking through it. And again, you know, not to go back to that, but um, real quick before we wrap up, what's tell us some places you've been. Cause what I would be cool is if everybody, you know, all hundreds of these people book you for shoots would be cool for me. Um, like where have you been on some of your day in the life shoots? Like what's like some of the adventure uh, side. I've been to Australia and New Zealand. Step I've, it up, been, guys. I've been to Dubai for a shoot. Um, I've been to Turks and Caicos for a shoot. I've been to, uh, um, oh my God, what is wrong with me? Why can I not? I want to say Sevilla and it's not that there's a little Island in Spain that I went to and had two shoots and I can't believe I'm flaking. It'll come to me in a minute. We'll pass that for now. I did a shoot in India, uh, all throughout Canada. Um, A. <laughs> I do what, be careful. Man, what do they say? Uh, I just I shot a little commercial for um, these guys I went ice fishing with, uh, and they kept saying like you know you know like it, they did uh, everything they said like oh yeah you come here you know and then like to where like when I went to cut the video I was like he just says you know after every line. So this is real life. I have to open the door for my husband and my daughter. I'll be right back. Just give me a second. Yeah, right. that's that's real life. Well, thank you guys for putting up with all these technical difficulties. I apologize. It is all Rich Coleman's fault. Okay, I'm back. Bernie, do you want to sit with the 
for a minute if you can be quiet. Birdie. You Birdie, don't remember come me. Come on. Hi. Hi. What's up? <laughs> Look how big you are. See, I saw your husband's hat. I couldn't see his face because of where my screen's cut. Uh, last time I saw him, I think he was running around with a little Fuji camera. Like that was like the last time I actually saw him. That might have been like that minute you were Fuji. Yeah. Um, he's a good he's a good photographer too. He's fantastic. He's a street photographer. I've done shoots in France, like Paris, uh, Italy, Rome, Italy. Yes. I'm supposed to go to, uh, I have three shoots in Sweden coming up, but I don't know when I'll be able to get back to your. Okay. This is a day in the life podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I don't care at all. This is, this is real life. Um, um, so, so if I have one more question for you, it would be anybody thinking that they want to get into what you do or into this. Like, what's a good starting place or slash, like, any, like, advice? Like, if you could tell 24-year-old 24 24 self you, like, what, what, what advice would you give yourself? Um, start building content and practicing. Mm. Photograph your own life if you have kids, your friends and their kids, uh, any other family and kids. Um, just make a lot of photos and invite making a lot of bad pictures in order to get to a place where you can make good photos. Mm, be fearless. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not even fearless. Just like yeah. accept like the reality that in order to make good photos, you got to make a lot of really bad photos. Yeah. And I feel like, like, a lot, like hearing this is I deal with these students quite a bit. It's like they they'll self doubt and they won't like a picture. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't like 80%. I don't like 80% of the pictures that I post like that I think are my best work. So that insecurity you have is not strange. You're an artist. And when the artist is done painting something, they immediately find something they don't like in it. So that's normal. And I love what you just said. Like, I love that. Keep in mind, like for an average shoot for me, a full day, it's anywhere between 4,000 and 7,000 pictures that I'm making. And I only deliver about 220. That's my average. Nice. The cold game is strong. That's another good piece of advice. For the you are level as good as an editor you are. Mm. Cull the mess out of it. Stop delivering yeah. 9 million pictures. Yeah. Or we're just not going to be friends. Yeah. Like, stop, stop yeah. delivering. Like, man, some people like deliver like 600 beach portraits. I'm like, stop it. Give them 40. Like, give them 40 good pictures instead of yeah. 40 good pictures and 500 crappy pictures like and I use the word editor as a color like that oh yeah yeah culling they know what culling is culling is the selection process but also at that term editing can also be the culling that so when I say oh yeah as good an editor you are I'm actually saying as good of a color as you are I just don't like that word culling and editing an editor with like you edit your set uh, I think of vampires when I hate like I hear I think of Edward Cullen yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why, but when I th when I hear the word culling, I'm like, yeah. I think like the the funny thing is, is before I knew what I was doing, I would just pretend like I knew what that word meant, huh. and I'm like, yeah, I cull, I cull like a little yellow, a little warm, and I'm like, <laughs> bro, I faked it. I'm still faking it right now. Everybody watching this right now, I am still faking it. I don't even know what a camera is, but uh. we're happy to help. Well, Kirsten, I just want everybody to go to her Instagram, which is right. There, that's their link is right here. I'm pointing at it. Um, give her a follow, give her a like, and book her for some shoots, and just let her know how great she is. I'll send her a link to this, and I'll clean it up and take all of our awkward breaks out of it. And uh, I'm, sorry. I'm I'm thankful. No, no, I'm, I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much for hopping on, and thank you so much for having patience with me today with technology and I'm everybody. So I, yeah, I know you need, you need to watch these comments coming in because there's um, oh. hundreds of comments that are here singing your praises. So. Sweet. I'm, I'm so sad. I couldn't catch up with you at the beach. We plan on coming back every year. We've tried to, and hopefully it won't be a COVID mess. When we yeah. Come yeah. Like me and David are supposed to go to like Norway. We had a bunch of trips that just haven't happened. So yeah. I, I get it right there. I got the travel bug bad, but you know, I, I totally get it. Like my wife's like, wait, you're going to New Jersey for a wedding next weekend. And then I'm gonna have to live in my office for two weeks. So perks of my wife loving me so much that she kicks me out for two weeks at a time. So I've got a really pretty doghouse though. I mean, it's not bad Aww. when you're as smart assy as me. It's good that you have a good place to go live when your wife's mad at you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. If, um, if, if, is there anywhere else they can look at you? Like, uh, what's, what's your.com? Uh, Kirsten Lewis photo.com. 
Perfect. Um, yep. And I do have a book that hopefully will come out. My first book, it was supposed to be this year. COVID kind of messed that up. So hopefully by summer of next year, that'll also be exciting. That's awesome. Let's do it. We're going to do a giveaway just because I forgot to even talk about that. Let's, let's get, let's, let's, let's give away a five terabyte hard drive to some one lucky person today. What? Yeah. Let's uh crystal crystals or crystal or uh Kristen, not Kirsten. See, I told you, Oh, I have a winner. I'm going to, I wonder if I can I text it to you so you can say it. Oh. I'm going to text you. I texted you via cell phone, the winner of a five terabyte hard drive. Holy moly. Okay. The winner is Christine Barry Parlin. Christine, welcome. You just you can put a lot of a day in the life session pictures on a five terabyte hard drive. You can. Yeah. Awesome. I can I can fit about 20 on there. Wow. Gosh, that's a lot of pictures. And you keep your raws forever? I do. Mm-hmm. I have I've come up with a I've come into situations where I've had a lot of clients pass away for several reasons. And then if I always have the raw, I can just give them everything because sometimes that's what they need to heal. So, oh, yeah, that's cool, too. Plus, I mean, if you're only delivering 200 and you shot 4000, there's probably there's a big chance you have more pictures of said grandparent or said husband. So that's that's awesome of you. I keep them forever, too. My contract says I keep them for two years, but I keep them like I've had clients that houses burned down. And I'm like, yeah, here's the link. Just download them again. Yeah. So awesome. Well, you're great. I love you. Everybody else here loves you. We'll have to have you on again, maybe sometime in person too. That'd be super fun. Or when your book comes out, we'll do like a whole fun, a whole podcast about your book. And then we'll give one of those away. I mean, I'll buy one from you to give away. All right. We'll spend all David's money. (laughs) Sending lots of love. Thanks for having me on. All right. See you guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about. Email us at hello at davidmolnar.com. This podcast is brought to you by thephotomentorship.com. Thank you.